I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Steelers stay undefeated. A lot of questions about Lamar Jackson. We got a Twitter poll and a lot of stats to discuss. Cowboys also stay perfect. Perfect losers against the spread. 0-8 against the spread. I don't feel very bad for him. Monday night football. Tampa Giants line opened up. Tampa favored by 8.5. Tampa money, Tampa money, Tampa money up to 13. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live on a Monday, live from Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik. Just like your pectorials, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and some Thursdays, sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Now, we're the pros. We got a jam-packed show on the aftermath day. What did we learn? How do we benefit from it? That's code for make money for some of us. He's not a pro, but he's the Joe in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have got Tom Brady facing a familiar foe later on in the New York Giants. And we've got a full slate of games in the NFL to recap from yesterday. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? Well, first, I want to start with the following. Just an objective statement. Let's start with the Steelers. But, you know, I think this story of Lamar is fascinating, especially compared to some of the other young quarterbacks. Yeah, and it was the Pittsburgh Steelers who stayed undefeated yesterday, a game that had a lot of interest from a couple of members on this show, and it was Pittsburgh 28-24 on the road in Baltimore. Okay, now... Here's the question. You know, kind of in Zen, they say if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, did it really fall? The ancillary, the flip side of that is if you know someone's going to say something, do they even need to say it? So I'm going to ask Steve Fezzik about the game, but I, I expect, and try to be succinct, Steve, I expect we're going to hear something about turnovers and yards. <laughs> Steve, what did you think of the game? Baltimore won on the line of scrimmage. They won by over 200 yards. But <laughs> but I'm not going to take this as a bad beat because oh. Lamar Jackson, those turnovers directly attributable to him, he was bad. And he's been bad in big games. And I tell you what, if they replayed this game, I don't think I would have bet on Baltimore again because of it. Wow. Now, here's the question. If I didn't set you up that way, would this have been the answer? Well, you I would have spent a lot more time whinging. I was anticipating the setup, actually. <laughs> so I got that one right. Uh oh, uh oh. All right. 
Here's the thing, though. Let's say this game, you know, they play Thanksgiving in Pittsburgh. Let's say that we just flip home fields. We flip it four. So that, or, uh, yeah, I, let's call it three, maybe. We'll flip it. We're one and a half per side. So let's call it pick them. The games pick them next week, hypothetically, in Pittsburgh. Do you bet Baltimore? No, I'm going to pass. And why is that? Because I saw the entire game, and I never had any confidence in Baltimore throughout. From the very first series, when Lamar Jackson threw a beyond curious pick six to start the game, all the way to the end of the game. Curious? You mean like you think he's fixing games? No. Curious as in you can't comprehend how he did it. Can't comprehend. With your extensive quarterback experience. I can't comprehend how he could just give Pittsburgh that 7 0 lead. And then fast forward to the end of the game, RJ. Everyone knows Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball. And what is he doing? So, you know what's funny? You sound like a radio guy I heard this morning. (laughs) Jonas, this is so interesting. We're straight out of Vegas on Fox. (laughs) Is. In the same breath, Fezzik and this dude also said, I can't remember who it was, but it was like this. Well, come on now. We can't have Lamar throwing the ball. He can't throw the ball. Breath one, breath two. But you know, late when he ran, they knew he was going <laughs> to run. So I'm confused. Like, are you supposed to then accept the fact you're going to run no matter what and they know it? And thus you can get rid of the interceptions? Or do you have to even, or not even things out, but you got to have some variety but that means you got to throw sometimes. Which one is it? Either way, you're compromised. <laughs> exactly. I mean, isn't that funny, Jonas, the way that they could be critical in the same breath about both angles? Like, doing it one way or doing it the other is both wrong. Yeah, I mean, I've found myself in those spots before where you say something and then right in the middle of it you go, well, that doesn't make much sense. And, uh, it's, better just to, it's, it's better just to own it. You know, I just well, own it on the Yeah, air, well, I'd like to see some people do that. <laughs> <laughs> what did you... We got some stats on Lamar in the big games, and uh, let's just say everyone that's got a stake in this is going to be interested in the stats. It's not good for Lamar, but generally, what did you take away from the game, Jonas? It's the same old, there's one path to victory for the Lamar Jackson Baltimore Ravens, and it's not him trying to come back from behind and win a game throwing it. And if they're they're a front-running team, they'll be able to win a lot of games while he's in Baltimore. He's a franchise quarterback. I just don't know if they'll be able to win the game because I don't think their offense is capable of it. So front-running, sometimes that usage implies someone who's on the bandwagon when everything's going well, he's raw-raw, and then when things go bad, they leave. But you mean more that the game state, when they're ahead, allows them to not have to pass. Them in the lead and their ability to run the ball. Pittsburgh's got the second-best run defense in the league coming into this, and Baltimore ran down their throats. Baltimore had their way with Pittsburgh throughout majority of that game. But then why wouldn't they they keep running? I I think... Oh, go ahead. No, I, I just I think they're trying to develop him as a passer, but the problem is they're trying to do it in real time during games that count, and there is no preseason or anything else to do this with, so they're trying to do it in games that count, and unfortunately it cost him yesterday. And, and I think that's what isn't fully understood, is the only reason the Ravens are able to run that well is the threat of the pass. If we knew for a fact, oh, they were going to pass you know, nine times and that's it, there's no way the Steelers would have given up that many yards. It's the Steelers are saying, okay, we're going to try to stop the run, no doubt, but we're not going to make a full commitment to stop the run because if we did, even Lamar is going to be able to throw on us. So we're going to wait. 
get your six yards of carry. Now, obviously, they'd rather stop him, but they, they didn't commit Pittsburgh to a full effort to stop because they know that because Baltimore's in a position where they're throwing enough, that the th- hope is Lamar will make enough mistakes, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, if you didn't have to worry about the pass, Pittsburgh could at least do better at stopping the run. Now, if Baltimore just went in and said, screw it, we're going to be like Army, Navy, we're just going to run, 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 could they win? Maybe. But then Pittsburgh would react and then have more guys in the box, simplistically. And I don't know what would happen. What we know is when Baltimore has to or keeps the threat of the throw in the game, it makes it easier to run. For Baltimore, but it makes it precarious to pass. And Baltimore did go Army Navy on their final drive. They did not throw one pass on their final drive as they drove down the field. Well, you wanted them to pass the last play down there with the <laughs> it, it, al- it, it almost was like when it was third and two, it, deep in the red zone, it was like, all right, Pittsburgh has three middle linebackers. They saw it coming, and there was no chance, and yet Jackson ran up straight up two straight times. That's Steve Fezzik, professional sports batter. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Here are the stats Now, we could do this subjectively, but rather we do it objectively. And here's the objective criteria of these games from Lamar. Playoff games or games in which Ravens were not favored by more than four points. So any game they were an underdog, any playoff game, any game they were just a small favorite, four or less. There's been 12 of them. And here's his stats in his career as a starter. 16 completions, 29 attempts on average. That's 56% completion. Now, if this were 1972, Joe Namath would be jealous of these, but not in the era of 70% completions. 187 yards per game, yards per attempt. Now, in theory, if you're running the ball a lot, you should have a high yards per attempt because you're going to have some bombs. You're going to... The NFL average is around seven and a half yards per attempt. Lamar Jackson in competitive games, a full yard less. Six and a half yards per attempt compared to seven and a half is average. And the totals for touchdowns, 16. Interceptions, eight. That's not so bad, but five lost fumbles. So if you add in the turnovers, 13 turnovers, 16 touchdowns. His average passer rating... 83 in these games. Lamar Jackson is significantly a below-average quarterback in these games. We didn't just look for his bad performances. This included a dominating performance against the Rams. Or check that against Seattle. Remember, he they went into Seattle last year hmm. and just dominated. This is objectively playoff games and games that they're not a big favorite in. Jonas, these numbers we didn't go over them. What was your impression? I look at Lamar Jackson and. My th- my thought on Baltimore is this. When they look at him, do they feel like they have a Super Bowl winning quarterback? And I don't know that they feel that way. I think they've taken a step back this year. I think their record is a little bit foolish. I, th- I liked Baltimore in this game, but it's clear that the progression that we thought we were going to see from Lamar making it another year and another opportunity to get better, he just hasn't. And that's the alarming part. You expected him to take a jump like Josh Allen did early on, and he's regressed since. Lamar just hasn't taken that jump. 
Here's what we're going to do. Take our first break. I have the answer. All right. Some people are saying, oh, Lamar's got to throw more. Kind of Jonas was saying. Others saying he's got to throw less. Neither of those are the right answer. I've got the answer. If the Ravens are listening, Harbaugh, I don't like you or your family, but perk up your ears. <laughs> That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get the truth on the Lamar Jackson situation, Vegas style. Yes. Is there an answer to this conundrum, dilemma? What's the difference, Fez, between a conundrum and a dilemma? Conundrum, you don't know what's going on. A dilemma, you got to choose between Incorrect. two choices. Oh. Incorrect. No, you're correct on dilemma is two choices. Conundrum is more than two. Oh. It's not that you don't know like where you are. Mm. <laughs> where am I? I'm hungry. That's the Fezzik. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled last year plus. We thank you so much for the support. And this will continue being the best football season yet for the show. And I'll be candid. Monday's the aftermath day. A lot of people are tired. It's like, ah, oh, it's over. Yeah. But the work you do, or let's be honest, sitting back and listening and laughing helps you get ready for next week. So you can listen on 225 radio stations across the country on Fox Sports Radio. Right now in Las Vegas, on the Strip, 85 degrees in November, neon is flowing. So, RJ, going into Sunday, the game of the weekend in the NFL was the AFC North battle coming off of by the Baltimore Ravens, favored at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it was Pittsburgh on the road, staying unbeaten 28-24. <laughs> Did I play that, Jonas? I can't remember. <laughs> I think that was John Ramos. All right. So, Lamar in a moment, Fez, Steelers, right now, where are they in your power rankings? You were a skeptic. Now, it's kind of funny. We've been working together almost 10 years. How would you say my insight into the Steelers has been? Exceptional. And when I tell you you're wrong, you just say, well, I'll bet you. And then you pay me. How many times did I bet Baltimore this past week against you? It had to have been three <laughs> but, separate <laughs> spots, and I didn't want to back back up and oh, back so, off. So, so what you're saying is you actually became less – because when I told you initially I didn't like him, you didn't care. I mean, I know I'm convincing, but did you all of a sudden get con- – I mean, I'm confused. By midweek, I f- by the end of the week, I felt pot committed. I was like, ah, if I, if I'm, I'm going to go all in on this. You like Baltimore just as much at the end of the week – I mean, it's easy now to act, you know, there's nothing. That's why you need and why we do objective picks, Jonas, because when you have it where someone can say, well, I tweeted that and you, you could tell I like that. T-. No, 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 no. You never <laughs> once expressed any doubts on the Raiders. Never once. So why act like you have them? I, because I was wrong. Yeah, you didn't have them, though, yeah. because that's the thing. You can't ask the audience, all joking aside, to guess what you're feeling. They got to believe what you're saying is what you feel. And I think that's something that I, I would say, and I hope you agree. I think you will. I'm pretty adamant on that. You gotta. There's no deceptions because even if they seem innocent, it causes the broadcaster to, 
you know, seem unsure. Like, did I bet that? Did I tell him? No, just tell him the truth. You don't have to remember the truth. The truth is easy, right? It's the lies you have to remember. We don't get into that. You, no reverse, oh, in hindsight, you like the Ravens just as much at the end of the week, right or wrong? Correct. Okay, so I'm back to the original question. Why buck me on the Steelers? What's, what's, what's the mindset? Give us some insight. Stubbornness. It, Success and uh, when I'm betting other people not named R.J. Bell. So you're saying that the deep, but, but the fact you can say that now means that you know it. So why not? St- I mean, let's open up your heart and your soul and your brain. Why not stop? Why not say if R.J. goes against you on the Steelers, I'm wrong. I, I, you might win the given game. You're not going to win over 50% of the time. Can you do that? Or is it something where, you know, this is a problem I've got. And you know what? It's the problem that allows me to win, have a mansion, a yacht, and I just got to deal with it here. Which one is it? It's a little bit of both in that overall, I've got a collection of bets that are going to win in the aggregate. However, I would win a lot more money if I wasn't (laughs) so stubborn. And I went ahead and um, Uh. deferred to your acumen. On mm-hmm. the select games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here's the paradox. If somehow you were so unsure of yourself, you did that in some of the games, then you lose confidence in your other games. Yes. So thus, what we're saying is, that as the music crescendos, what we're saying is that you got to take these bumps in order to get the accolades later. And you know what? I'm fine with that because I keep collecting. And I don't bet you on those other games. You ever notice that? Yeah, the How'd I, you I had two out of your seven, by the way. I it was two and five this past. <laughs> Jonas, what do you think? All the strutting around ended, didn't it? Yeah, he would. What you were? Was it five games over five hundred two weeks? No, ago? no, he was just two games. What's your? Which? So here's the bet for new listeners: is Fez has to bet seven games a week against me against one number on Friday. So he doesn't get to shop. No early bets. No shop lines. And seven's the key. It's so hard to pick that fifth, sixth, seventh. By the way, two and three in the Super Contest. And you know what? (laughs) That Cowboys game we ended up covering, you might think, oh, man, you guys got lucky. You know what? I didn't even – after that Chargers, I mean, what the heck? What were they they up in that game? 21. They were up on first downs 21 to 2. And up 21 points. And somehow we, we were only laying three points in the game. Oh, my. So it's funny with a gambler is when you lose a game like that, you can get five wins that are lucky, and it, it like still doesn't make up for it. And that's, it's not a smart way to think. But Did you see the final play? Uh, of what, the Chargers? Yes. Wasn't there a pass interference? Pass interference, and then on the winning touchdown pass, the guy's butt cheek was just barely out of bounds, but they ruled him in, and then they didn't overturn it. Well, McKenzie, pregame.com research, had an interesting stat on the Chargers. They've been up by 16 points in the last four games, 16 or more at some point, and in every one of them, they ended up having... They were down at some point. They didn't lose every one of the games. But they're the first team in NFL history that four straight games that they were up 16 or more and at one point after that were trailing. Now that is a problem. This is a two-win team. And we talked about it entering last week, the weekend's games, is two wins for Denver, two wins for the Chargers, and somehow the Chargers on the road were favored by three. It shows you how much 
support and love Vegas has given the Chargers. But you know what? This Anthony Lynn can't win close games. I mean, he's, in my opinion, the worst end-of-game manager I've seen in a long time. Oh, you can't disagree with that. And to Anthony Lynn's credit, this was one of those rare losses where I really don't think he did anything wrong. It's almost like the mindset of the team. Here we go again yeah. as soon as it got close. I didn't watch the whole game. Did Were, were, they, were they aggressive? Because that's the problem, right? Teams don't get aggressive when they're up 20 or up big, and it, and it cost them. Yeah, when the Chargers were up 14, they ran a wide receiver reverse uh, option pass with Keenan oh. Allen. So they were at, they, right. they took the opposite tact of being aggressive. All right, that's Defezic, RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. So quickly to Tomlin, then we'll talk Lamar. And this Tomlin, I, I'm going to give him credit. I, as a Steelers fan for my whole life, I grew up an hour from Pittsburgh, and when I was between the ages of five and ten, my team won. The team an hour away won four Super Bowls. Let's think. Who am I going to be a fan <laughs> of, right? Is I was a skeptic of Tomlin because for the most part, I mean, here's the reality. Super Bowl year and victory in 2008, Super Bowl and loss in 2010. They were still the, the, the players of Bill Cowher, effectively. At least the one they won certainly was. And then year after year, it felt like they were almost like the Ravens. Better are now. Better than their record but they just find a way to dominate the stats and lose the game. But Steelers have never been underdogs. Think about it. From 2008, 7, Tomlin's first year till now, when have they ever not been one of the five or seven best teams in the league except for last year? Meaning when Mm -hmm. Big Ben went down, because they always had a good defense, they always had Big Ben, they've had great receivers – is something woke up in Tom? Or I don't want to say woke up because that's I'm not in judgment of him. Something seemed to click, and it was one of his best, if not best, coaching jobs to get that team to 500 with Duck Hodges and Rudolph as <laughs> as quarterback. And then this year, they're winning games they're supposed to lose. To me, Pittsburgh hasn't done that, and there's something about it that Tomlin was just comfortable as a you know. Front runner, to use Jonas's phrase, and <laughs> now a whole season as an underdog feels like it's done something really good for this Steeler team. Yeah, this was a Steeler team. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe started 0-3 before they traded for uh, Mika last year. If I'm not mistaken, it was before that game they did because I think that game was at San Francisco and they were. I'm just remember like a six-point underdog and they and Pittsburgh ended up covering, but they had traded before. I think it was after two games, but it could have been three. I'm not sure. Yeah, and here's a, here's a team that said, you know what? We've never had a losing record, right, with Tomlin and losing is unacceptable. A lot of other teams would have said, hey. Rudolph, Duck Hodges, this is a lost year. And they absolutely focused and they got into the playoff hunt. It and was I think remarkable. The, the point you're making is that to trade your number one pick for next year, the first year that you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback in over 15 years, showed a lot of. I mean, I think what it shows is they were very optimistic about Rudolph as a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Now, that didn't pan out. <laughs> but I mean, imagine the catastrophe, even with Fitzpatrick as good as he is. If the Steelers would have had the second pick in the draft and they had traded it for a defensive player, and you would think this would have been like the Colts, this would have been like the Spurs, whereas you have that injury and then you are able to do the baton handoff, go get the top pick, second pick, and then it goes from Big Ben to whomever. In a way, I'm still not sure that wasn't the right answer, 
I'm still not sure that in hindsight it was better not to go 8-8 eight and eight and as good as Fitzpatrick is. But at least for now, it feels good. And if they get a Super Bowl this year, I'll be fine with it because Fitzpatrick is a special talent. And it goes to show you, in given situations, you know, as much as I've been against Sam Darnold as a player, who knows? Sam Darnold gets to another team. He could be really good. Now, you don't usually see that in quarterbacks. You could make the case Drew Brees, you did. But usually it's whatever you are, you are. But Fitzpatrick wasn't this in Miami. He's, he's like one of the five or seven best, it seems, defensive players in the league. And that's a hell of a trade now in hindsight. Okay, we're straight out of Vegas. What about Lamar? Here's what the Ravens need to do, in my opinion. Now, I said earlier I don't like the Harbaugh family. I mean as on the football field. I don't <laughs> wish them any ill will. Well, a little ill will, but not anything. Like maybe an extra, you know, get the flu perhaps before the Steeler game. <laughs> or maybe a little food poisoning before the Ohio State game. You know, as an Ohio State grad, a Steelers fan, I, you know, the, the universe has set me against the Harbaugh's. But it's not personal. I mean, when I say this about the college one. He smells. That's all good natured. I mean, you look at him, he does look like. He smells. I've never been in the same room with him, so maybe he doesn't. But it's good natured. Okay. Here's some free advice. As Hannibal Lecter once said, the worst thing is half measures. Now, what does that mean? It means if you have gangrene on your hand or your arm, you don't cut off right up to the point of the rotting because what ends up happening, it was like, ah, we just missed it. Now another six inches you got to take is you go, you you just do what you need to do. And then a little bit more to make sure. Okay. And what people try to do in life is they try to do just enough. So they don't feel that pain. And what kind of pain are we talking about with the Ravens? They need to do one of two things. And both of them lead to pain. One of them, might lead to a Super Bowl. The first thing they could do, the simple thing the Ravens could do, is they could say, we are like Navy. We are like Army. We don't throw. But very much. It's almost like the Wildcat. It might be seven, eight passes a game. Seven or eight. And otherwise, we're running. And that way, we don't turn it over. We don't throw interceptions, et cetera. You know what? There's some pain there because... We haven't seen anyone in the NFL win that way in decades and decades. But you know what? You'd win a lot of games. As, far as, as long as Lamar's as physically uh, talented and young and spry as he is now, that team, that team probably is 50-50 to make the playoffs. That run, you know, wildcat-type Ravens team. Okay. But they're probably not, in fact, almost certainly not going to win the Super Bowl that way. So mm-hmm. you avoid the ups and downs and all of the angst, but you don't get the Super Bowl. Okay. Now, the other thing they could do is they could go whole hog. You can't win in the modern era without throwing the ball, and we're going to throw it. And you know what? We're going to throw it more. More when we're winning, when we're beating the Ravens, or I'm sorry, the Red, or the former Redskins, when we're beating whomever, it's going to be a situation where instead of bully ball, instead of the typical hardball stuff, it smells. We're going to actually keep throwing it. We're going to throw more. We're going to run two minute offense. We're going to do whatever. You know why? Because the only way you get good at throwing is throwing. 
And in the modern era of not practicing as hard, not hitting in practice, not scrimmages, et cetera, you're not going to get that time in practice. So what do you do? You get it during the game. If you're winning by 20 and if you're losing by 20, you throw. Now, when you get in a situation where the game's competitive, you don't need – then you play an optimal mix. But what happens is they play an optimal, optical, um, optimal mix when it's competitive – but then when they get ahead, the Ravens, they just keep running. It's like that's the time there's really not a cost to it. There's no great expense because you might throw a pick six. But you know what? You're up by 21. Get some reps. And you know what? There's a chance you're going to lose one or two, one a year, let's say. Games when you're ahead big that because you're throwing that much, you're going to lose a game or two a year that you wouldn't have if you stayed within the right ratio. All right? But at what cost? is maybe in two years or three years when Lamar is still, he's younger than Joe Burrow. He's still going to be young enough to have 10, 12 good years. But the Ravens haven't wanted to feel that pain. They say we're going to be optimal always. And you know what? When we get up big, what's optimal is to run clock. We won't lose that game when we're up 21. Who cares? Because the way it is now he is not getting the reps he needs to become a good passer. And it feels like he's regressed. He doesn't seem like a better passer than last year. The average NFL passer rating is 94. In the 12 games we looked at, he has an 83. Now, those are competitive games. Lamar has regressed. And all it would take are the Ravens being willing to feel some pain by passing like crazy whenever you get a chance. Whenever you get a chance. And you know why, finally, that they didn't? Because they were insecure. The Ravens were insecure about the pick. Everybody said, no, pass, pass. No, thank you, Lamar. Heisman, no, thank you. Right? You want to play receiver, we'll pick you in the third round. That was the rest of the league. Even the Ravens had a chance to pick him and trade it back for a tight end. And then he was finally there. It's like, geez, do we have to do this? And they did it. Got the fifth year on him. Because he was the last pick in the first round. I'm not even sure they would have picked him. I don't know. I'm speculating as the first pick in the second. I don't know. He was a project. You know what? He ended up being better than a project. And you know what? That made them. The reason he won the MVP is how much they ran the ball when they were up 21 against bad teams. But that same decision out of insecurity will keep him from being a Super Bowl winner. What do you think, Fez? I think it's strong. And... When they ran the ball against Pittsburgh at the end of the game, they just said, we're going to run. That was so successful at the end of the game until they got deep into the red zone. And then for whatever reason, well, dropped but, back in quarterback draw. We know nobody can win in the NFL just running. Yeah. I mean, you can win, but you're not going to win the Super Bowl. So if you okay. got to throw, give the guy a chance to succeed. All right. You know, people say I'm kind of sometimes <laughs> self-interested, but still <laughs> giving that to the hardball. He won't take it, though. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. We'll take our last break. Monday Night Football coming up. Steam action, big action on the Bucks. Fez actually has a pick on the game and a bonus prop pick. Uh, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, before we get to Monday Night Football, you had mentioned in your headlines a stat about none other than those Dallas Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys. Now, this is amazing. In point spread history, recorded point spread history, the Dallas Cowboys are the first team ever in the first eight weeks of the season to lose eight games against the spread. O <laughs> and eight against the spread. Now, there's three other O and eight starters. The 2003 Raiders, 99 Bengals, the 91 Bengals. Wow, they're on that list twice. <laughs> But they had a bye before this. So there's four 0-8 teams, but Dallas has lost the first eight weeks of the year. No team has ever done that before the Cowboys this year. And RJ, before we kick off our coverage of Monday Night Football here on Straight Out of Vegas, we Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been in the zone and right now on pregame.com, they are a 13-point favorite at the Giants on Monday night. Would you recommend that, Jonas, to the kids wanting to be you one day? Is like to do the little smooth transit. Speaking of, you know, like, <laughs> right. speaking of smooth transitions, Faz, allow me to transition. Now, you, you like the game and you like a prop. Let's start with the game. Yeah, so I like the New York Giants plus 13. The look ahead line on this game last week was eight and a half. What, has what was the world opener? Ten. Oh, okay. So what has happened during the past week for there to be, what, a four-and-a-half-point line move on this game? Well, Tampa Bay played very well in the fourth quarter against the Raiders. Well, first off, they played very well, right? Because if you do very well, like, let, let's say a team like the Chargers, they did very well for the first three <laughs> yes. quarters and didn't at the end. Which one would you rather be? So I know to make your case, you always like to divvy things up. Let's just say they played very well. They played very well, one by 25. That that seems good. But the Giants (laughs) played well as well against the Eagles in a game that they had a double-digit lead. They lose by one. Could have gone either way. Losers lose. Losers lose. So why is this line adjusted four and a half points? My power rating— Well, let's be candid. You could adjust at one. Yes. Let's say you give Tampa Bay a plus one, and I don't give teams that lose like upgrades. I just think that's, there's a reason they lost. So let's say the Giants stay the same. So net net, you can say relatively between these teams, Tampa's gained a point. But the, you're saying the line is adjusted how much? Four and a half points. All right. So that three and a half is where the potential value is. Exactly right. My power ratings make the game 10. So now that it's at 13, solid value. And by the way, I think the spot's bad for Tampa. They got a showdown with the Saints mm. next Sunday. I'll tell you this. It could be. If this wasn't Monday night, I'd like the Giants. Tom Brady, is. this might be his last rodeo, meaning where he is the darling of the league. I mean, there were some skeptics of Brady. Let me think. Steve Fezzik, for example, had him, what, number 19 entering the year? I did. Okay, where's he at now? He's at number 11. You're high. You really believe <laughs> there's 10 quarterbacks playing better right now than Tom Brady? Yes. You don't believe that. You don't. Name them. Name the 10. Murray, number 10. Josh Allen, 9. No, Carr, you don't have eight. to give us a countdown. Give us the – go ahead. Murray's <laughs> playing better than Brady. Okay. You're, yeah, I'm going to stop it right there. On Wednesday – do, you got an assignment, mm-hmm. all right? And if you if you get it, if you lose the crossfire, your mic's off for an entire segment on Wednesday. So the, in the B block, 
We're going to do, you get to make your case that Murray's better than Brady. And, I, and we don't count any Monday night action. As of now, and if you win, you get free mic use. I haven't won a crossfire since July. Well, then I would get studying. Here's another uh, something in favor of Tom Brady. Motivation going against the Giants, who he still remembers, beat him in those two Super Bowls. And also, Drew Brees just passed him yesterday on the all-time touchdown passing list with 560. Brady's got 559. You know they're going to want to take back that record. Oh, now that's the fans' perspective right there. (laughs) So on Wednesday... uh, you know, we'll say 620 or so, heads up. And if you're wrong, you're just mics off until the last segment. No big deal. You're just sitting here mute. you got a prop bet. 30 seconds. Gronk over 46 and a half reception yards. His season average is only 40. So why am I going over 46 and a half? Because it's Monday Night Football. Because usage has gone up. Gronk is averaging 64 the last three games he and Brady are clicking lately. I tell you, tomorrow should be good. But Wednesday, after he gets beat, he's going to sound like this, Jonas. <laughs> But you couldn't. You won't be able to hear him. And Fez doesn't like not to be heard. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, RJ. Awesome. Great stuff, Jonas. And tomorrow should be fun. We're going to record Fez on some of his other points of this weekend he didn't get. So he can sit by the pool tomorrow and we'll still have the info. <laughs> if you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive into the struggles of Lamar Jackson as a throwing quarterback in the NFL, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are straight out of Vegas back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio, and as always, on the iHeartRadio app.